0: hello hello beautiful people of the world welcome back to another week of dq with damani yes i'm your host the one the only the tigre damani and i am extremely blessed to be able to bring you the best boxing mma combat sports news lifestyle analysis and we certainly as all weeks well i shouldn't necessarily say all because some some weeks we do have a little bit of a little bit of dryness a little bit of boring energy going down not much happening in our sphere of sports but that is not the case this week and i know you guys have been itching for me to hop back on this mic hop back into my chair and deliver you the news Now, we got a whole lot of drama. I know y'all weren't expecting to hear that. (laughs) Obviously, y'all were expecting to hear some drama. Sean O'Malley, the new UFC bantamweight champion of the world, 135 pounds in the UFC, has just called out Tank. Yes, my man's knocked out Aljamain Sterling in the same way that Conor, the notorious one, McGregor knocked out Jose Aldo and to boot, my man called out Ryan Garcia. He called out the golden girl. He wants smoke with Ryan Garcia too. This man, Sugar Sean, has no limits. Now, a lot of people are saying, oh, MMA striking, it's real different than boxing. A lot of people are saying that. They're stepping up. They're letting Sean O'Malley know, hey, MMA striking is way different than boxing you might just get hurt so please be careful when you're calling out these knockout artists
1: so what wouldn't mind knocking out Javante Davis and I know people are gonna go oh you want to be Connor I'm telling you that fight is gonna happen I mean I don't really follow boxing but I, I've heard you know heard of Javante Davis and uh I think he's undefeated you know I'm, I'm about to pay I want to I want to have Crazy massive fights that shit gets me excited. I love that stuff. And uh, there's, <laughs> I mean, there's no stars in the Bantamweight division. Javante, you could consider him like almost a star, and uh that that's what gets me excited. Me versus Javante would be fucking massive. T Mobile or here, fuck it.
0: So it's pretty obvious that Sean O'Malley is after that payday. Yes, he's after that Canelo payday, payday. You want payday? Payday, payday, you want payday, I know that. And there's nothing wrong with being after the money. We all understand that boxing, MMA, all combat sports are somewhat a business. There is also a business side to the sport, always going to be a business side attached to sport. Somebody's got to get paid. The network's got to get paid. Promoters got to get paid. Fighters themselves have to get paid. The athletes have to be paid. So I'm not surprised that Sean O'Malley is trying to get a major crossover fight. We've already seen Nate Diaz versus Jake Paul, although Jake Paul is not a boxer. We did have Nate Diaz hopping into the boxing ring, so it does count for something. We would like to see more of these fights happening. So I am definitely not opposed to seeing Sean O'Malley fighting Tank. Is Tank going to be able to pull it off against Sean O'Malley? Most definitely. I do think, like I've said plenty of times before, MMA striking and boxing striking are completely different. Stances are different. They are incompatible. It is way too dangerous for a MMA fighter to step into the boxing ring and expect that his type of striking is going to work and vice versa. You cannot step into an MMA striking event and expect to do well if you are just going to just fight out of your normal stance as you would a boxer. That doesn't work. It does not work. It is incompatible like I just said. And I do hope sincerely that Sean O'Malley knows that. Sometimes accepting that something will never happen is just okay. There's always going to be another opportunity down the road. Such is the case of Pop Woodard, who went the distance against Bada in an eight-round showcase on OTX or overtime boxing. It was disheartening seeing his defense fail time and time again, even after he was given a chance in overtime's first-ever overtime boxing round. As if scoring the original match as a draw wasn't enough of a save, he couldn't pull the victory even after the extra round was given to himself and para. His coaches admitted that the defense was a massive issue, but they did so far too late into the fight in the seventh round. I'm being for real. It was the seventh round and they finally were telling him, yo, you got to get your defense together. It was just last week where I talked about prospects having the crazy tendency to drop their hands like Roy Jones Jr. The GOAT, once again, I am proven correct, this time by someone the masses expected to bulldoze his opposition. Y'all know I will never fail to keep it 100 on the DQ with Demani podcast, so I had to speak up on the issue of defense. Woodard's left hand was the issue. Bada was able to easily break through the guard of Woodard because his guard was non-existent. For some reason, no one was saying anything. Once again, until the seventh round. The seventh round, the coaches finally woke up and said, you know what? We're going to start telling this kid he needs to get his hands up. We're going to start telling this kid he needs to take his head off the center line because for some strange reason, these young guys are falling in love with the power they're forgetting how defense creates more offensive tactics sometimes it's your defense that is the saving grace of your offense your defensive head movement is going to give you access to massive shots that otherwise your opponent would be able to see coming from a mile away say you bite massively on a feint and you're not able to recover in time taking your head off the center line and slipping to the left as your opponent throws a jab that they thought that they would be able to land if you didn't use your head would give you the opportunity to land a massive counter straight with your right hand over the top. But no, these guys aren't thinking about that. These guys aren't thinking about these same defensive tactics that, once again, I just said, give you massive counter opportunities. They're thinking about getting to the punch first landing the massive knockout shot, getting the fight over with. They're not thinking two, three, four steps ahead. They're not doing that. The days of calculated boxing are slowly coming to an end for some reason. And now here is the part that you have all been waiting for. Alexander Usyk, Daniel Dubois, finally clashing for the heavyweight championship of the world. We have finally reached an important crossroads in the heavyweight division, the conclusion of one story and the beginning of another. Alexander Usyk takes on Daniel Dubois in a heavyweight title clash that the division desperately needs. Alexander Usyk is the heavyweight champion that has lured us away from the idea that the heavyweight division is finished, completely divorcing us from the standard that the division will remain slow. Unemotional thinking will lead the casual fan into seeing the truth. Let's just speak facts. Usyk might just save the division and boxing as a whole. Let me explain and put this into perspective for you all right quick. Dubois is currently the WBA World Heavyweight Champion, although he is the secondary champion. Usyk is a four-belt champion carrying the WBO, IBF, IBO, and WBA championships. This means that Dubois is unifying his version of the WBA championship with Usyk's and challenging for the other three. This is monumental because of the title picture in other divisions, especially 135. At 135, the undisputed WBA, WBO, WBC, IBF champion is Devin the Dream Haney. However, as we all know, Gervonta Tank Davis is the WBA lightweight champion of the world as well. If Dubois can unify his belt and take on Usyk, this opens the door for champions such as tank davis champions such as david morel who are both wba world champions stuck with undisputed champions above them a title unification and defense that bridges the gap between all of the men frees up more space in all of the divisions mentioned once again from lightweight to super middleweight to heavyweight the issue with this is the sanctioning bodies The boxing world is heavily reliant on the sanctioning bodies for anything to move forward, which is a massive problem with the WBC and WBA especially. The IBF and WBO are really good with maintaining their mandatory statuses for every fighter, making sure that all of their belts are used to springboard their competition forward and not stall. They're not giving out participation belts. However, the WBC has notoriously been slow to act. The WBC has had David Benavidez in the dark for ages, and they refuse to force Tyson Fury to unify or vacate his heavyweight WBC Championship of the World. The WBA hands out Continental belts only for the recipients to not advance further, a common example being Conor Ben. The bottom line is that if this fight between Dubois and Usyk is possible, a fight between Benavidez and Canelo should not be impossible. A fight between Tank Davis and Devin Haney should not be impossible. A fight between Janabek and all the other champions should not be impossible. We just saw that Tim Su landed a massive crossover fight between himself and the WBO champion. So what's going on? What's happening? All right, all right, all right. We have reached the important part, the breakdown. Yes, I know you all have been waiting a while for this. You wanted to hear exactly how this fight is going to Go. And my prediction is as follows. I talked to my man's Cosmo. We all know that Cosmo is a great analyst as well. I hope to have him on the show sometime soon. But I told him this exactly. If Daniel Dubois, Triple D, can fight his size, he will win. I promise you this man will take rounds off of Usyk. The issue that fighters who have fought Alexander Usyk have is that they don't fight their size. These guys will step in with the height advantage. These guys will step in with the weight advantage and the reach advantage and not fight their size. These guys choose willingly to fight on the inside against the guy who's shorter than them. That makes absolutely no sense. And I know a lot of these guys in the heavyweight division want to rely on their knockout power. But you have to realize, when you're fighting a guy such as Alexander Usyk, the undisputed cruiserweight champion of the world... You know that this guy is going to use his unique height, weight, and reach dimensions to his advantage. He knows that he's going to have to get inside against you. He knows that regardless of what stance you're in, orthodox or southpaw, he's going to have to close distance. And he will do that with ease depending on whether or not you choose to fight your size. Obviously, we know that Daniel Dubois is a little vulnerable to straight shots. We know that he's vulnerable to straight shots. It's been completely evident across his career that he is incredibly weak to the cross. Let's just be, let, let's be honest here. I love Daniel Dubois. I love him. I, I got I to gotta be honest. You guys know that I'm going to keep it real on the DQ with Damani podcast. I'm never going to lie about these fighters and their weaknesses, their strengths. Let's just be clear. I'm never going to be biased. And I say that just about every single episode because it's facts. He's weak to the cross. And we know that man, Alexander Usyk, the unified heavyweight champion of the world, the four belt champion, has a spectacular cross. So he's going to have to move the opposite direction of that power hand. Are his coaches prepared for that? That is the real question. Have his coaches prepared him to maneuver around the ring as he should? One, two, have his coaches prepared him to fight from distance and unload power shots from distance. If he has those two traits in the bag, this fight is going to be extremely simple for Daniel Dubois. And that is a promise. For Alexander Usyk, I don't see much else than the usual. If you're a big fan of Usyk like I am, You do know how his fights typically go. He uses his feints. He uses his ease of access to move inside and out his ring generalship. Like I say, plenty of times, week to week to week, ring generalship is king. Usyk is a master of that. If he's able to use his feints to his advantage, get Yenny Dubois to flinch, get him to bite on those feints, throw a a, a little bit of a goofy shot. Let's say he throws a, a, a goofy uppercut from range. He knows he's not going to be able to land it, but he throws it instinctively because he sees the feint coming. He doesn't know whether or not it's going to be a real shot. So he's throwing a counter uppercut despite the fact that he's not even close. Usyk will use those moments to his advantage. And like I said before, have his coaches prepared him. If Daniel Dubois coaches have not prepared him, Usyk will use this to his advantage. Once again, we know his size is a factor. He started to come into his heavyweight prime now. I do think that he's on target for this fight. He is giving up a lot of weight, most definitely. He's he's giving up just about a stone. Let's keep it real here. He's underweight, but he's still appropriately sized for a heavyweight. There's just a mismatch in weight. Will he use this to his advantage? Most definitely. There are fighters such as Tyson Fury who love to lay on their opponents and really gas them out. Usyk knows how to get out of the clinch easily if you watch his fights you know that he's he's really good at working inside of the clinch and he's very good at exiting the clinch with ease he makes it look really easy but if you've ever been in a fight yourself you know how difficult the clinch can be you know that it could feel a little crowded you feel a little uncomfortable in there but Usyk he never really has issues We've also got some important figures in the community weighing in. We've got Deontay Wilder's coach, currently Malik Scott, who has been helping out Deontay Wilder massively with his offensive arsenal, weighing in on who he thinks is going to take the heavyweight crown.
1: I got Usyk winning by stoppage. Uh, Dubai is a big guy, obviously, if he hit him. But then, if he hit him, it's almost like, so what? Usyk got one of the best chins in the division. Like, cause you know, his his issues with punch intake has nothing to do with his chin. He's taking harder punches from better punchers and bigger boxers than Daniel Dubois. And I believe Daniel Dubois is going to overcommit a lot. When you overcommit a lot against Alexander, Usyk, he's able to hurt you, even though he's not the biggest puncher. He can hurt you because he hits you with shots you don't see coming. And Daniel Dubois has never been in a ring with nobody like this. He's going to find out very early.
0: That, uh, it's yep, Coach Malik Scott sounds pretty confident in his analysis. He's had close encounters with Alexander Usyk, had close encounters with Triple D, Daniel Dubois. So I would not want to undermine his word. He definitely carries a lot of weight, a lot of clout with what he's saying. So let's not take it with a grain of salt at all. We've also got the man, the one and only Prince Nassim Hamed weighing in on this as well. Let's hear what he had to say. Looking at the main event,
1: you know, the, the, the way that I want to start about this is just say exactly, you know, what's in my heart, what's on my mind. And the first thing that comes to mind is I always knew this guy, Alexander Usyk, is no joke. It's different, baby. This guy has come through with a boxing IQ from the amateur days, winning everything that you can ever imagine and more. That, that means, was when he was. That was when he was copying you. By the way, that's what. That's why he said, "You know what?" And I, I admire him for that. I admire him because look, who better to follow? Who better? <laughs> who better to copy? I mean, it's just it's natural, baby. Yeah, but, but what I was gonna say, what's more important, is that when I see him, I realize this. Is a future Hall of Famer, without no doubt, and and it makes me proud as a Hall of Famer to look at a future Hall of Famer who's gonna do, who's already done so well. But when you come to this fight, do you know? As my son said, Adam, we don't write Daniel Dubois off. Definitely not. Not just because he's British or he's from London. That's Dan- always, Triple D, I always, always have spoke about Daniel Dubois from the very beginning. And I've said, if there's any man to take over the heavyweight scene, it's Triple D. Now, this is a hard fight. yep, And it's the biggest and hardest fight that he could ever have at this time of his career. But it wouldn't surprise me. If a huge upset could happen and may happen. But I'm telling you this. The script. The script in my eyes shows that Mr. Usyk is that clever. He's that good. His boxing IQ is that high.
0: So Prince Nassim Hamed, he always is going to deliver the facts just like I do. He's always going to tell the truth. And he really likes both guys, but... He does think that Usyk takes the edge. Let me know what you guys think. Drop a comment. Leave a review. Let me know who you think is going to take the heavyweight crown. All the cards are stacked. Everybody knows what comes next. The main event. We are hype. Also, in other news, just before I leave you guys for the week... We have a fight, finally. Mario Barrios is back this time in a WBC interim welterweight championship clash against Jordanis Ugas. I am very excited to see this fight, Mexico versus Cuba. This fight is going to be spectacular. I hope you guys are excited for this as I am. I'm a big fan of Jordanis Ugas. I'm an even bigger fan of El Azteca, Mario Barrios, and I've talked Plenty about him on this show. I am overall just very excited to see these two guys with their very unique styles clash in the ring once things get settled. We know that this is going to be a great fight because we just saw Mario Barrios' last contest. We saw Yoi Denis Ugas against Manny Pacquiao. We know he can handle the pressure. Errol Spence Jr., he did... His best in that fight still fought hard despite his eye closing. I am just ecstatic about this fight. Please, please, please support this fight. If you see any media, like the post, share the post. Make sure all your friends see it. We want this fight to be highly, highly televised, highly, highly covered. We want that algorithm to bust as it has for my show. All right, everybody, that just about does it for this week. We've about wrapped up just about everything I wanted to talk to you guys about. I'm very, very hype for the main event this weekend. We got Daniel Dubois. We got Alexander Usyk. We have four belts in the heavyweight division up for grabs. Dubois is finally unifying his WBA title. There will be no more super champion regular champion there will only be one wba champion and there will only be one four belt champion tyson fury at this point is irrelevant let's not even focus on him these four belts are important and don't let anybody tell you that the ibo belt is not important please stop letting these boxing pundits stop letting all these randoms tell you that the ibo belt is not important the ibo belt is important across every single division the belt that maxi hughes and our boy get up George Kambosos Just Fought For is important. Let's just get that clear. Let's let's, 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 let's be real here. I'm, I'm, I'm really getting tired of people saying that the IBO is not important. Chris Eubank Jr., Floyd Mayweather. I, I'm pretty sure I've went through this already on the show multiple times, but all you need to know is all of the belts are important. This heavyweight fight deserves your attention. Please watch it. Everyone, please be safe. God bless.